We're back. It's a new episode of the Round and Third Baseball Podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. This episode features Mets pitcher Steven Nogasek. He used to be in the Red Sox organization before being traded a few years back. He sits down with the guys and talks about his time with the Mets and stuff he likes to do outside of baseball. Yeah, I was actually just about to ask that too because, you know, it's, you know, Buck Walter just kind of, you know, he's been there, you know what I mean? Like commands that, you know, I would say respect just what he's, you know, with the Yankees, Arizona, Baltimore. I mean, the list goes on of the teams that he, that he managed. Um, but I was actually going to ask you too about Lindor too, because, you know, first year in New York, he had a tough year, batting averages down. He just, it wasn't, he wasn't himself, you know, he didn't play like himself this past year. You got to see really like that Cleveland Lindor, um, you know, you kind of illustrate a little bit about what it's like with him being, you know, a teammate. Um, what's it like though, just again, being around those guys like, you know, Alonzo, um, obviously you, you went up to the system with Alonzo, uh, but other players like that, like, what's that like for someone who's just coming up from the minors and you, now you see these players, is it, it, do you get like awestruck by that? Um, so my first year, like in 19, I did. And then now it's kind of like, because you're with them in spring training, you do like the, the funny stuff in spring and all this other stuff, like to where it's, you're, you kind of have a relationship with them. And then when you do get called up, it's like, Oh, I, we saw each other in spring. Like we did so-and-so, but it is like, I try to live in the moment as much as possible and take a step back and really like the whole smell the roses. And there, there's a couple of times where I, I'll be in the locker room and I kind of lean back to my chair and I'm like, I dreamed of this since I was four years old. Like, this is what I've always wanted to do. And it's like, I'm doing it. And it's like, and I'm doing it with the best in the game. Like, um, and in a city where it is ruthless, New York is ruthless to play in. They, they will let you know if you are struggling. And, but then if, if you win, it's the best city to win in. Because when you win, I mean, there it gets crazy. Um, and I think that's an adjustment for – so, like, Lindor coming from Cleveland to New York is – that it was a, an adjustment period, right? Like, yeah, his first year he, he struggled or whatever. But then it's like this year it's like we saw Francisco Lindor. Like, that we saw the player that he is. And it's like now we – like, I think everyone ex- expects him to – do that for the next what he sells eight years on his contract or something crazy <laughs> like that that's what you and that's one thing about Lindor is you couldn't tell if he is 0 and 50 or 50 for 50 he is the same guy every single day huge smile laughing joking and he he makes sure that we keep the clubhouse loose and bounce back for the next day when we win it's or when we win, we celebrate. When we lose, it's 15 minutes of silence. Like, think about it and then turn on some light music and get ready for the next day. Put that behind us, get ready for the next one. And then, so that creates the environment of like leaving the clubhouse in a good mood. Like, being able to get a good night's sleep and ready for the next day, that's huge rather than like leaving the clubhouse sad. And then you're sad all night and then you wake up and you're like, all right, well, today's a new day. Well, no, we started the new day after that game. So um, 
it's it's insane to look at like who I'm get the opportunity to play with and uh yeah and I it's cool with Pete because we came up together seeing him doing what he's doing is pretty awesome what was it uh it's kind of gonna throw back a little bit what was it like um just being involved in a trade um because obviously the team that drafted you um you know you kind of stopped in a few different cities up here uh, so what was it like being part of that deal uh so i was asleep on the bus and the guy sitting next to me like woke me up and was like hey you just got traded and i was like what <laughs> he's like you just got traded and i'd been in like this fake twitter trade and so like the day before so i was like yeah whatever like i don't believe like guy they, they like pranked me with it and uh so then uh i was like yeah whatever and i kind of fell i like fell back asleep and, or was trying to and they're like dude ken rosenthal tweeted it like it's real and i'm like oh crap okay so then i like look on twitter and it's like traded to the mets and i was like what the heck and uh my manager texted me and was like hey i, I know you saw the, the news and he's like i haven't gotten anything um so just kind of hang out and i'm like well, I can't really go anywhere. I'm on a bus. And then we get to the des destination. And then uh, uh, I think it was our manager called me. And then uh, Dombrowski called me and was like, hey, we just traded you to the Mets, blah, blah, blah. And then Sandy Alderson called me like five minutes later and was like, hey, uh, welcome to the Mets. You're going to go to St. Lucie and all that. And then it's like, so we, I had but I had my truck there and so I like got a car service from where we were me and Gerson Bautista we were on the same team when we got traded got a car service back to Salem where was our home city and then drove down to Florida with uh, Gerson the, and then pitched the next next night and I was like where am I <laughs> it's because it, it's the whole like meeting new teammates thing isn't anything crazy because it's like I just did that. I got drafted and then I met everyone that spring for the first time. And then we go out. So, and then I get called up uh, from low A to high A. And I, so it's all new teammates. So it's kind of like, okay, now I'm just meeting new teammates, but then a new spring. And so it wasn't a huge adjustment for me, but talking to uh, like about guys who've been traded, who've been with an org for four or five years and then get traded, they're like, it is wild. Cause you, you're have a relationship with the entire, like, if I got traded this off season, it's like, I know damn near everyone in the Mets front office, everyone in, from clubhouse staff, coaches, like coordinators, players. Like I know, I either know of them or I know them personally. And that, then it's like, okay. And now you're learning that whole thing again. It would be a lot more crazy. So yeah, I, I like the story of how I was passed out on a bus and like, Hey, you got traded. I was uh, I was also gonna ask. I was reading a uh, I was reading an article from the Athletic uh, from I guess it was a few months back uh, that featured you and one of the other pitchers for the Mets. Um, what was like? I feel like from even just like a fan perspective too, it's just like 2020 was just a wild year in the MLB, obvious for obvious reasons. But like, I don't think people realize what the guys that weren't up in the majors even had to deal with. Cause you were just kind of thinking like, okay, like it's a shortened season for the MLB. There's no fans, like all this. You just thought of all that, but it's just like, 
know, guys like you, you were just like, the season just got canceled. Like, what the heck am I about to do? So, um, yeah, I was reading it and you mentioned it earlier. You completely changed, uh, you, I I think the quote was like, you just like completely started from the ground up again. It's just, uh, I was kind of hoping you could talk about that a little bit and how, like, what was like day to day, like in 2020 and, um, just that whole experience of just refiguring out everything. Um, so I, cause I remember in 2020, like I was coming off a really good year in AAA. Like I set the record, I went like 33 innings scoreless. And then the last game I gave up a four spot, of course. Um, and so like, and I went into, uh, 2020 spring, like with an invite and I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm like, I'm doing it. And then the season got canceled. And so it's like, okay, so now stay ready, you know, stay ready. Like, and then it was like a, five months fan or four months fan of where it's like no one knows what the heck is going on and then they're like okay we're taking a 60 man like roster for the alternate site like 25 of those are the big leaders and then the rest are like yeah stay ready guys so i was like okay i'm for sure going to that get the call and they're like yeah you're not going and i'm like they're like in the first wave it's just for the 40 man guys and i was like okay i'm like all right stay ready like got the call again and it's like yeah you're not going got the call again yeah you're not going and i'm like you know it came off a really good year like what am i doing wrong and then i talked to uh, danny carrasco was supposed to be our triple a coach in 2020 and he's like dude you have a fastball that's it like you need something else and so i basically scratched everything but my heater and said, I'm not not going to think about how I throw my slider, and I'm not going to think about how I throw my changeup. I'm just going to – are you leaving? Okay. Um, I'm just going to completely start fresh. And we worked every single day. Like, if I was throwing – uh-oh, dog's about to get out. Sorry, our, uh, our runner almost got out. We have one dog who will stay at your hit the whole time. The other one's like, see ya. <laughs> oh yeah and but uh so i would send him videos every single day down to like like i don't know if you've seen robbie Rowe on instagram how he like points the ball to the camera shows the grip and then throws it i was doing that every single day and using rap soto and sending him reports and he's like you got to think about this this and this so we completely redid everything and i mean it was that was because I started in Klamath Falls and Klamath Falls is a very small town. Like it's just a country farming, hunting, fishing town. And I loved it, but it wasn't the best for training for major league baseball. And so then when I moved up to Bend, I've gotten to gym, started working out with guys like Dan Straley, Seth Brown, Kyle Agashioka, um, Josh Graham, who was last in the brave system. And it's like, and then we had a trainer, who also played baseball. And now it's like, I got in that culture. And then it was like, Oh damn. Okay. The attention to detail that these guys are doing is incredible. And having Dan, who's done it, he did it for eight years in the big leagues. He's done it in Korea for the last three, like um, shout out to the 2020 strikeout cane. Yeah, that's a, a pretty cool thing, but uh, getting with, with him and to where he tr- really understands how the spin and all that little stuff works and then it was like had that in 21 
but I was still learning when to use it, how to use it and all this stuff. And then this year I went in confident with like, I have five pitches that I can throw four strikes and I can throw strikes a ball nine out of 10 times. I, I I'm confident enough to where I can do that. Except for the changeup. Changeup's always been kind of fringe. But by the end of this year, it was like my changeup was my strikeout pitch to lefties. Like that was my go-to. Like I I need a swing and miss. Here's here's my changeup. And so it's like 2020 gave me the. I think without 2020, and it sucks to say, without that and without that time to really look myself in the mirror and say, you are not good enough with what you are doing right now. You need to make a change. I don't think I would be in the position I'm in now because now it's like, I feel very confident that I can make a good career out of this. Maybe not be a 10 year big leaguer, but that's my goal. But I do feel very confident that what I have and what I do is what can be successful in the big leagues. Yeah, I will say I uh, I went back. I kind of looked up the. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar. There's a website that they use a lot out of uh, Boston. It's a Sox Prospects. Um, oh. I went back to look at, to look at your page and just see what it was saying. And um, it's definitely. Uh, I was thinking after reading that article, it's like, there's no shot that this thing's even close to accurate anymore. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, Speaking of the down on the down on the farm though, do you have any do you have any memories from like Greenville, Salem, uh, even gosh, I, even Lowell, um, R.I.P. to Lowell, but um, any uh, good memories or any uh, good stories you have from your time with the Sox? Uh, my third day into professional baseball in Lowell, I almost bought a flight home and quit. I was like, I can't, I'm done. I was like, I don't want this. Isn't the life that I want and Luckily, it was just like, because I really went from being at home to like, or going to Oregon, which is because I grew up in Roseville, California, which is just North Sacramento. And then I went up to Eugene uh, for college and it's like eight hours apart. It's an eight hour drive to all of a sudden being on the other side of the country by myself in a lull dorm where it doesn't have electricity eight hours of the day and it, because it's just us staying there. And it's just like, and I was like, it was a huge culture shock because the first guy I saw like was, uh, oh, I forget his name, Martinez, Alex Martinez uh, from the Dominican. And he like, we, it was actually funny because we worked on his English and he helped me with my Spanish, but like, didn't speak, speak a lick of English and I'm trying to communicate with him where we're supposed to go. And I'm like, this is, this is a culture shock. Like, and he's, you can tell for him, it's even worse because he's like, this isn't the Dominican. Like he, and I've later found out like that was his first day in America ever. And I'm like, and so it's just like, and we're teammates and we are, and we spent what a month and a half. And, and then I got called up and he got called up right after, but it was like, that those first three days I was like, I, I'm done. And then uh that's Lowell. Lowell's a great place to play though, because their fans were fans were awesome. But uh then Greenville, we won the first half championship. And then I got called up and they ended up winning the entire Sally or is it Carolina League or Sally League? I think it's Yes, it's Sally League, yeah. 
they ended up winning the whole thing. And I was actually with the Mets at the time. It was in the Florida State League. And, uh, or, sorry, the low A for the Mets was in Columbia. And, and so, like, we, Greenville ended up winning the championship. And guys are texting me. And I got a ring from it that I still have. Um, I got a lineup card from the manager, like, talking about my our season and, and stuff like that. So that was a pretty cool memory. And then uh, like Salem, Salem, I love a lot of people hated it. I loved it. Like, I think it's just not a ton of fans. Um, you're in the middle of the backwoods in Virginia, which I was like, this is fine. Uh, they had great golf courses because we, they, we were on a club there where we got to golf for free and it was like three different courses, like built into one area. And I was like, this is, this is it. Um, but yeah, like I still, I still talk to a lot of guys um, from that. I played with when I was with my time with Boston and keep up with them and seeing them all have kids. And it's kind of crazy getting old. You, uh, did you get a chance to uh, check out Fenway at any point? When you were with the Sox and up in this area? So they took the top five round picks to oh. Fenway. I was drafted sixth. <laughs> I was oh. like, I was like, oh, I just missed it. But no, I never, I've never been, got to go inside Fenway. I've, we drew, drove by it to get our physicals done. Yeah. But that's as close as I've, I've, I've been. So hopefully I'll get the opportunity to play there someday. And I, that would be damn cool. I, uh, we, we had Josh Winkowski from the Red Sox on, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. And I had asked him a little bit about, um, I think we were asking him in regards to next year, obviously with some, with some rule changes and uh, the schedule format's a little different. Um, do you have any place that you're looking forward to play next year uh, with the, you guys got to play everybody at least once? Yeah, I think Fenway's a big one. Um and then anywhere on the West Coast, I, I like to play just because, like, I get to see my family. Like, well, now my parents are in Montana, so they're more centralized. But um, I've always – I want to play at uh, the Mariners' place because I did a pre-draft workout there. And I was like, one day – like, I told myself, I was like, one day I'm going to play here in a game. And, like, it's going to be a major league game, not a travel ball or anything like that. Um, and so that would be cool. Um, trying to think if there's, I want like St. Louis would be cool. I feel like there's a lot of like history there. Uh, I've been to Yankee. Um, Toronto will be unique, but there's not there's not one like Fenway would probably be if I had to pick one. It would be like Fenway. Just there, there's so much history there and the atmosphere and everything. And I got to ask, too, uh, I know uh, when we had Josh on, he was a little outspoken on a uh, certain rule change for next year. But um, it, what was that? His clock won't work. Yeah, he uh, he said the same thing a little bit. But uh, is, what would you like to elaborate on it at all? Or Yeah, I mean, we used it in AAA all like not all year. We, the first month we did it and then they implemented it. And I understand why they like it. it. It does speed up the game. But, and it works down in AAA to an extent. They, I still think they need to up it a tad. And I'm not saying a lot, like from 15, make it 18. 
with no one on and then 24 with someone on. Um, because it is so much to where you don't have time to really play the game within the game. The thing that everyone loves about baseball is the intricacies of, okay, why, like, why'd you throw a slider there? It's like, Oh, well, you know, I, I spent him up with a heater and I felt like he was on it. So I went off. And so you don't have time to think it is get the ball, get on the mound pitch. And it's like, if I'm facing Mike Trout in a game where it'll send us to October, I don't want to have to worry about this stupid clock over here. Like, I, I want to worry about getting the possibly the greatest player ever out. Like, so that I, I it makes my career that much better. Right. Like, I don't want to have, like, and if they, if the, the issue is, is, because, is how fast it is. Like that 15 seconds when you're sitting there and you're trying to go, especially with the guy like me or a guy like Bassett, where we have five pitches, Bassett has six. And we like, we have a ton of weapons. If I'm like shake, shake, I'm I'm already too late. Like I I know for a fact I have to say yes to that third, no matter what. And it may not be the pitch I want, but I come set. If I step off, that's that's a set, that's one. And if then I pick off to first, that's two. Now that guy can steal. And if I or if I pick and don't get him out, he gets second. Like there's so many rules where it's just, it's, it's not ready where it's not, it's a faulty system with a ton of, cause like we had a situation down, well, it happened multiple times, but a guy on third with a big lefty where we're kind of shifting him, And this may be taken away a little bit with the shift ban, but that guy from third just starts taking off towards home well i'm gonna step off and then he hustles back to third and my third baseman can't get there and if he does it one more time that's two like i can't if i come set and i don't like the pitch i have to throw it because if i step off he scores so there's so many like little faulty things and that i just don't i don't like it and you look at the average time between pitches like i mean you look at max scherzer who works incredibly fast he is 15, 16 seconds. So they're trying to get everyone to that level. And it's like, I can't go psycho mad max mode because if I do, I'm th- trying to throw a fastball by everyone and I'm giving up 500 foot home runs consistently. Like, so I have to really like take a deep breath, calm myself down and think. And it's like, now oh, you can't do that. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. You brought up Aaron judge cause or uh, Mike Trout. Cause when Kowski was telling the same thing, he's like, how am I supposed to tell Aaron judge up at the box to get the hell on the box so I can start pitching? He's like, I'm not, this is not going to happen. It's like, well, I don't think. I didn't even think it. I didn't even think about that. Like the hitter can just, they can sit there and they have to be in the box addressing you by nine seconds. And so if it's like, if they're sitting there and we have 20 seconds, they take what 11 seconds just to sit there. And, and then like the pitch comp obviously is, is different, but he can just sit there and watch. Like our guy pressed the buttons, like, and so it's like you you want him to wait until they like address you, and now you have nine seconds to do the pit. It's it's just a faulty system, and I think I think it'll affect hitters more than pitchers because for me, like personally, like whatever Nito or McCann puts down, I'm probably going to throw because I'm going to trust their experience. I may shake 
every now and then because I'm like, I hate that pitch today. But for the most part, I don't, I, I won't shake. But like hitters, it's like they sit there, they step out of the box, take a deep breath, like get, get locked in. And then it's like, you're bang because he took too long. So like, because we had Dom who's been in the big leagues for the past few years and then he came down to play in a pitch clock, he wouldn't get out of the box. The whole at bat, he wouldn't get out of the box. He would sit there and like take take a pitch, tap on plate, look right back at you. He's like, I can't. He goes, then I, I got to get used to it because I know it's coming. And it's like, yeah, it's it's going to be. It definitely speeds up the game, but I think it's to the point where it's like the intricacy or the the complex situations in between each pitch and baseball is just not happening. So it, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Because I, I'm going to agree with him, like, telling Aaron Judge, hey, you got five seconds to get in the box. I think it's going to work out too well. Look. Yeah. Or uh, like Josh uh, Donald, guys who have been around for a long, long time, like, and done it one way for a long, long time. We'll see. Also, who's the biggest personality on the Mets? Who's kind of like the clubhouse jokester? Or... Probably Alonzo. Yeah. Lonzo's always on the mic, on the bus, always saying something stupid, something funny. Like, he, he's just – he's a big personality. Um, Tommy Hunter's another guy that – he Tommy Hunter, I mean, I think it's around baseball. You ask people about Tommy Hunter, they'll, be, they'll say he's the funniest dude ever. He, he'll have your belly hurting in two minutes. So, but uh, other than that – I think ever I think everyone else gets grouped together as kind of like we're all positive, funny energy guys. And then it's like you have Tommy and Alonzo up top, but you have a few laid back guys. Like right, Lugo. So Lugo's very serious. You had mentioned energy, right? Yeah. So we wanted to ask you about Edwin Diaz and the trumpets and just what that whole experience is like for you as a player out in the bullpen that that stuff's awesome to see like on Twitter. Like I want the Sox to sign him this off season. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that Cohen, I think Cohen is going to go on a spending spree. Like you don't believe this off season. Yeah. He's going to dip into his pockets, but um, I just, what's that like from your perspective? So I, I changed this year to where when I was up there, I'd always sit inside because we have like a little inside section, right? This year, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I want to sit outside so I can get the game energy feel, and then get on the mound and go right. And I feel like that did help me because it wasn't so much of like in our quiet little uh, area to open up the door and it's like, holy cow! And so you would always like see around the set because Sugar didn't just come in in the ninth; he would come in in the seventh and the eighth, and like. And so you would see around like the seventh, everyone kind of like looking at the bullpen, like, hey, is he coming in? Is he coming in? And this anticipation, and then he finally does. And I mean, the crowd just erupted. And it is, it's one of those things where it's super, it's really, really cool to be a part of. Like him every single time. And he said, he's like, he goes, I, I may be in the bullpen. I'm like pretty locked in. He goes, I hear those trumpets and he's like, it's just a different level for me. And I mean, all great closers have had that 
walkout with Rivera inter Sandman. Uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name for the Hell's Hell's Bells. Change it, Trevor Hoffman. Yep. Like uh, you always have your big time closer with that song that everyone gets fired up for. And I think it's just a unique one because it's not like a inter Sandman's like badass, like Hell's Bells badass. And then it's like trumpets. It's more of like it's cool, but it's not like, oh damn, like this guy's a badass. But then it's like you get he gets on the mound and he's ready to he's ready to dominate you. He's ready to make you look silly. What would be your if you got the opportunity to be the closer, you had your choice of whatever song to hit, what would your what would your song be? It's gonna sound cliche because of who like who it is, but simple man, like I mean, DeGrom has such a good walkout, but like if I'm a closer, I'm I'm rocking that just like, yeah. And it's interesting with Jake because it's like that truly describes like who he is. He's such a simple person. Like he doesn't need anything flashy. He just needs like what he needs and that's that. Um, But because like my walkout right now is Dixie Landalite. And to a... that's the kind of like loosen me up because I usually am very tense going into a game. And so hearing that kind of like, Hey, relax. Like you've done this a million times. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of a crowd crowds uh, like that in uh, Syracuse. I, yeah. Mobile, Alabama, they would really love it. Oh yeah. I was going to say it's very, uh, surprising because you're not a you're not an sec guy so um i'm barely an sec guy i went to mizzou but yeah. um <laughs> it's like we're we're not really in it but we are um <laughs> i don't want to take up much more of your time but i i got uh one last question here what's uh you got any predictions for uh old oregon football over there we have bo Nicks. it's not saying much but um no so what i'm saying is I really like what I see with him, but I like what I saw with him at Auburn. And I hope he proves me wrong, messages me on Twitter, and is like, I told you so. I know he won't, but um, I just – I don't think we have the ability to keep up with anyone in the SEC. Like, it's – they are – and I know it was week one against the number one team in the country that is steamrolling everyone except Mizzou. They almost, they almost, almost lost. Just but a like, quarterback they, away, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like Alabama is not great this year. I've, I've watched them play and I'm like, I'm not impressed with Alabama. Like they have the athletes. It's like, but they, they just aren't clicking. Tennessee is a really good football team. Uh, Georgia, obviously Ohio state, obviously Michigan, like, it's like I just I don't see us being able to compete with them. We don't have that like we have one guy who is kind of a force at running back, but Oregon's not known for big running backs. We have small little guys. Like I think the last one we had, like I mean, we had Legarrette Blunt. We had uh, number twenty four. I forget his name. But then then you have like we had Troy Die. We have all these little like sneaky running backs. But I don't know. I don't know. I hope we make it in the final four. I'm just Is, not. I'm not convinced. I, I think we'll. I, I think we'll, be able. we'll probably I, win the. As long as we beat Oregon State, I don't care what else we do. <laughs> I hate Oregon State. 
I was gonna say it's like I don't know like just I've never been in the position before right because Mizzou is just not ever good enough to get there so it's like I don't know if I'd want to get be good enough to just get there and then get absolutely steamrolled by yeah. like somebody but that was our one year when we had Mariota like that was a we had a really good team and we beat the heck out of Florida State that was untouchable that year but then we ran into Ezekiel Elliott who just just got done running 400 yards on Alabama I'm sorry. He's like I before the game, and my roommate at the time was he is a die. He's from uh, Cleveland, but he is a die hard Ducks fan. It's like screaming at the TV, and I told him, and I he's like, "We're gonna smack!" And I was like, "Hey, man!" Like me and my other roommates signed down. We're like, "Hey, like this may get ugly, and I want you to prepare for it." Like Elliot may run for 700 yards, and he's like, he goes, "I know." He goes, "I'll try to like keep it under wraps." His TV was broke. His bed was flipped. It, it, I mean, it was bad. <laughs> Elliot ran for damn near 700 yards. But that was our last, like, real chance. Like, in the every other time when we've been close to my dad, we were going to get steamrolled. Like, this isn't even – this isn't going to be a game. But, yeah. I mean, if we, like – I just don't see us ever – like, I don't – I just don't think we'll ever be able to compete with the SEC the way the SEC is. Though. It's just getting all the all the time. If I'm a football player, I'm going to the SEC. I'm going to make a ton of money, and then I'm going to get drafted. I could play one snap at Alabama. I'm going to get drafted. Sort of true, yeah. I'll give it to you. Like, but not, hey, now we're now they're starting to sprout the love with the NIL, and it's uh, you know. I'd be surprised if it starts, you know, obviously, like you said earlier, Alabama's starting to slip away now, and but now Tennessee's in there. So it's like, yeah, we'll see, I guess. But that's Oregon's hope is like, we, we are kind of the powerhouse of the West coast in terms of like what we can do for a player, like in SC, like our USC, like, but US, USC's leaving. That was weird. That's all the, like, I, I don't, I don't know. They're gonna go play. Well, they're they're in like Iowa, Iowa State's like Michigan. Yeah, Big Michigan. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's better than the Pac twelve. Pac twelve, we we kind of stink. What we're good for is ruining some teams' chance to the Final Four. That's what the Pac twelve is good at. Other than that, we just beat the heck out of each other. Thank you for checking out the Round and Third Baseball Podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, type in Beyond the Monster, and hit that subscribe button. You will get every single episode that we drop when it's available. Also, check out beyondthemonster.substack.com for all of our daily content that drops.